Welcome to the Swine Health Black Belt Podcast, the latest swine health research digested for you. Swine Health Black Belt Podcast is only possible with the support and trust of innovative companies like United Animal Health, scientifically better. Learn more at unitedanh.com. Get your full value from start to finish with Ilanco. At JBI, we apply biosecurity innovation and expertise to keep your operations safe. Elbiotics, the postbiotic pioneer that helps maintain a healthy gut in pigs. Essential Ag Solutions, bringing innovative science-based solutions to livestock producers. Beringer Ingelheim, through innovative solutions, cutting-edge research, and world-class experts, Beringer Ingelheim helps producers operate with complete confidence. Learn more at swineresource.com. My name is Dr. Clayton Johnson, and I'm the host of the podcast. Joining me this week is Dr. Meredith Peterson. Dr. Peterson is a postdoctoral research associate with the Swine Medicine Education Center, or SMEC as it's more commonly known, uh, through Iowa State University and AMBC. Dr. Peterson, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. I'm happy to be here. Give everybody a little bit of uh, introduction. What's your background and what do you do there at SMEC? Yeah, so I'm a postdoc with SMEC. Um, I do some teaching of fourth-year veterinary student rotations, as well as um, a few kind of guest lectures for other courses. Um, I also do research. All my research is focused on telemedicine, so I'm, I'm working towards my PhD, and, and that's kind of been my, my research focus. And then I have some um, clinical practice uh, kind of component to my job. We help take care of the Iowa State um, swine farms. Excellent. Well, Dr. Peterson, um, from one vet to the other, I'm sure that at least one of us will get a text message at some point during this recording. So we'll be actually doing telemedicine one way or another <laughs> while we're actually recording the podcast. Double uh, double duty, if you could say. That's right. That's right. It happens all the time. So telemedicine is something that um, all of us participate in at some level. You know, I joked about the text thing, but the reality is um, we all communicate virtually. We did before COVID. We've gotten much better since COVID. But, you know, text messages, emails, phone calls, webinars, um, all these things are kind of forms of telemedicine. All of us use it at some level, um, but I don't know that anybody feels like they use it completely efficiently. And with a shortage of veterinarians that is always going to be a challenge for our industry, it's really important that we're efficient with our, our available veterinarian time. So talk to us about where we're at with telemedicine today. Um, are we using it as efficiently as we should? Or if not, what are the holdups? Yeah, so I think I think you bring up a great point. It's done all the time, but it's not really uh, maybe done as effectively or efficiently as it could be. And I think there's kind of four big things that have led to, um, I guess, the not not so full adoption of the technology. And that's um, the software. Um, so making sure that we have uh, reliable, easy to access software. Uh, the hardware that's used on farm, obviously it needs to be durable and we need to be able to disinfect it if we're taking it to the next site. The big one that everyone brings up is connectivity. So uh, you know as, as well as I do that not all our farms uh, can can uh, hold a, a video call um, or have enough connection for that. Um, and then the fourth one is the validation of methods. So there really hasn't been a lot of research on, um, okay, what can can the technology detect and what can't it? Um, and I think from like a regulatory uh, perspective, that's really an important component before um, before it's adopted kind of widespread throughout the industry. 
Is your work through your PhD focused on any one of those areas or are you kind of tackling all four of them at different points in time? Yeah, so that's a that's a great question. Most of my uh, research work is focused on this validation of the method. But what I learned and what we learned really early on is that we couldn't do that until we made some progress in those other three components in the software, hardware, and connection components. So um, I've kind of had to to kind of move all of those in sync in order to ultimately work on the validation of the methods component. Excellent. Well, tell us what you're learning. I mean, are we making progress on the software, the hardware, the connectivity? Yeah. So I'll kind of walk through, I guess, the those three things. So the software, um, I've tested uh, nine different publicly available softwares. Um, most of them were things like Zoom, Microsoft Teams, um, but then also tested a, a veterinary telehealth platform called VetNow um, and, and used each of those platforms to connect with three different wean-to-finish sites um, for, for a live synchronous video call. Um, and all of them were, were capable of kind of um, basic checklists or auditing type, type uh, use cases. So um, look, things like checking feeders and waterers, checking ventilation settings, um, are the curtains up or down? Are the inlets open appropriately? All of that kind of stuff, um, they all seem sufficient at. Um, so I think in terms of that, sometimes with software, it's just what you're most uh, comfortable with or what you're used to using um, tends to be what, what people um, like to use. As far as hardware, um, have done some work, tested two different tablets, um, as well as two different pairs of smart glasses. And so um, kind of a a similar process. So I think that the, the glasses really um, allowed some technical, um, I guess, technical value on farm to be hands-free. So the person on farm can just wear the glasses um, and then point things out to the, to the veterinarian or the expert that they're connected with. Um, so I think that's really, really good. Um, there are some, you know, the, the tech is great, but there are some um, limitations to that hardware. Uh, particularly we found in the cameras. So um, one thing we noticed uh, was that treatment marks, the way that um, the way that color is transmitted through video, um, it's the the packets, I guess, of, of data are really um, decreased in order to get get a live video feed through. And so that changes the color a little bit. And we noticed that we couldn't pick up things like treatment marks. Um, and so that was, you know, right the flag for us of if we were um, to use telemedicine to write a, a CVI or something, which at this point is not something we can do, um, we need to be able to say these pigs are free of contagious disease. And if, if we can't, can't see a treatment mark, um, what's to say that we also couldn't see vesicles or some other subtle lesion? Um, and so I think there are some, some real, real uh, drawbacks to, or, or I guess limitations that the, the tech isn't quite quite there for. Um, and then the third thing, the, the connectivity component. So like I mentioned, many farms don't have 5G. A lot of farms don't have 4G. Um, you need about uh, 0.8 to 1.9 megabits per second um, speed to, to sustain a, a synchronous um, video link. And so you can just type in speed tests on your, on your browser and it'll tell you what the speed is. Um, and a lot of sites you can do that, um, but we've we've noticed that there's um, you know all the metal 
all the concrete, the pigs themselves can also decrease that speed. So um, we worked with a company called Distinct. Um, they're a barn sensor monitoring um, company, and they actually created a portable cell booster um, that I can take with me in the barn, and it kind of boosts the the speed of the the um, connection that I have. You can also set up like a directional antenna outside the barn um, and string it in to, to boost that. So I think um, all of those, that software, hardware, and connection have all improved over the last couple of years that I've been working. And I think that'll continue to happen. But then we also need the research component to validate, okay, with the tech and the, um, the technology that we have today, what can we uh, uh, do with that and what can't we do? And so that's kind of where that validation component has come in. Meredith, um, it sounds like you spent a little bit of time in the field. Uh, when you've just kind of randomly sampled um, anecdotal observations, has the uh, megabytes per second been anywhere near that level on farms to um, get to the video? Is it kind of like you either have like the old dot, you know, the old uh, dial-up connection, or you have super fi super fast fiber, or do you see like a huge range? And some people can do it, or some people can't. Yeah, so. <laughs> There's a big range. Um, it's it's a great question, and I would say probably a little over half of the sites that I visited, and most of them are commercial wean to finish sites um, in Iowa, and so probably a little over half do have enough speed to facilitate that. Now that video call may not be perfect; it might not be the beautiful um, uh, connection that you have, but you can do it. One thing that we noticed too is even with some of these solutions, there's still a lot of variability in connection that's unpredictable. So you can have really good connection in the morning and then really bad connection in the afternoon. And so things like weather, um, just uh, load on the tower, on the cell tower, really play a big ro role in that as well. So just because you have good connection one day doesn't necessarily mean you do the next or within the day. So I think more research needs to be done to understand that variability and figure out how to um, how to improve it. United Animal Health has been innovating nutrition that feeds the animals that feed the world since 1956. Now a multinational ag biosciences company, we help people impact the health of their animals with less labor, less variation, less drag, less challenge, and less natural resources. Learn more at unitedanh.com. JBI helps swine producers fight against harmful pathogens with the forming power of D7 disinfectant. JBI helps treat or prevent costly outbreaks and assure eco-friendly biosecurity on farm and transport. Safe and effective against PED, PRRS, E. coli, Salmonella, and other illness-causing pathogens. D7 is non-toxic, providing a safer environment for your employees, low corrosive to equipment, and breaks down biofilms. Learn more at jbidistributors.com. Meredith, uh, it's been a pleasure to have you on the show. I really appreciate you coming on to the podcast. Um, I think you're doing some really interesting stuff in a very necessary uh, area of the industry. And I can't thank you enough for sharing what you know. Yeah, no problem. Glad to be here. All right. To our audience, thank you very much for listening to the Swine Health Black Belt podcast. Please visit us at swinehealthblackbelt.com. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss out on our next episode next week. For Dr. Meredith Peterson, I'm Dr. Clayton Johnson. Thanks and have a great rest of your day. Hey, everyone. We're always searching for the latest and greatest research to share each week. 
If you have a swine health-related research trial and would like to come on the show to talk about it with me and share it with our audience, feel free to send an email to healthblackbelt at swineit.com and we would love to take a look at your research.